0: Welcome to Beyond the Baseline with Coach P. Very excited to have the voice of the Peoria Chiefs, Nathan believer with us today. How are you, Nathan?
1: I'm doing good, Coach. Good to see you, and uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Hey, you bet. Uh, you're the one usually giving the interviews, so I thought right. I'd flip the script on you. Uh, tell us a little bit uh, how you got started in broadcasting and how long you've been doing it.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while now. I, I uh, actually got started in high school. We were uh, we were one of the first high schools at Chatham Glenwood uh, to have a TV station uh, in the '90s. Um, so it was I can't remember what year I was a freshman. I graduated in '96, so uh, you know '93, '94, somewhere in there. We started doing some stuff. Um, we did uh, we did like a Sports Center type show. We did interviews with you know, the athletic director and coaches and, um, you know, some players and stuff like that in like a sit down format. Uh, we broadcasted um, football, soccer, uh, basketball and baseball. So I did some of those, especially as I got, got older um, and, and really just fell in love with it. Um, you know, when I wasn't playing soccer or tennis, which were my two sports in high school, I was, you uh, was doing that. I, I kind of I lived in the TV studio at Study Hall, or um, you know, in the mornings or or whatnot with uh, with Mr. Schwerman, who was our our teacher, our broadcaster. We had people from the Springfield TV station come out and, and give us tips and help us. Um, one of those guys was Scott Hansen, who now now uh, uh, does things with the NFL Network and, uh, and and does the Red Zone. He was a, a Springfield broadcaster when I was in high school, so he showed us the ropes, which was great. Uh, went to Marquette. Um, got involved there with student newspaper, radio station, TV station, broadcasted a bunch of sports, um, and, and and really got going. The the downfall to Marquette was there was no baseball. Um, So I ended up going to grad school at Florida. I got some baseball experience in me. Also was doing some games into a tape recorder at spring training. Uh, Also back home in Springfield, they had an independent team at the time. So I'd sit in the top row of the bleachers and talk to myself into a cassette recorder. Um, And that's kind of how I I got going. I got an internship with the Chiefs in 02 um, that was media-based, which was good for me because it, it let me learn how to do all the other stuff. The making game notes, the writing press releases, writing game stories, uh, working with local media, because that's that's things that you don't get to do in college or in the classroom. So that hands-on experience was big. And then I've been uh, since, uh, well, March of oh3 I guess, with the Chiefs um, is, is the play-by-play guy and doing media. I've done a lot of community relations and uh, different, different things with them as well. And then I started doing high school games in Oh, five oh six. 506, um, BJ Stone, who used to be up there in Kewanee at the radio group, was with the Rivermen, and, and we chit-chatted, and he gave me a couple of games. Uh, I, I worked with him uh, on some games over in Princeville that was uh, probably against probably against Weathersfield, actually, um, and, and did some games over there. And then he left, and, and Bob McKee was the sports director, and he hired me to do mostly Geneseo games um and and then uh you know a fair amount of filling in for Wethersfield or for Kiwani, or for Anawan, um, you know, different games there. But I was, I was going to Geneseo uh, or somewhere in their conference every, every Tuesday night for girls, uh, every Thursday night, every, every Friday, you know, making that long drive to Dixon, uh, going up to Ottawa, LaSalle, Peru, all that stuff. And then somewhere along the way, I ran into a TV crew from Mediacom that was doing some games. I knew some people on their crew, and one thing led to another, and I jumped in there with Mediacom. Uh, started doing their game of the week, uh, I think it was 2011. Um, I, was, I was helping out. And then by 2012, I was the main guy. Um, so that's been seven, eight years now doing stuff for Mediacom. Um, and, and I picked up some Illinois State um, games as well on ESPN Plus and IHSA. So it's been a little bit of everything. And that, that's just kind of how I got into it. Right place, right time for some of those. And, you know, working my tail off for the others. So that, that's kind of how it all, all fell together
0: yeah that's awesome boy. your experience and you know we've I've known you for a long time, and uh you do a heck of a job but you boy you mentioned uh the mediacom I think the coldest fall day I ever spent I spent with you in Oneida one night for a football game, and i I had layers upon layers, and you had a winter coat. yeah i I think it took me till Sunday morning to warm up I mean that was very, very cold so that's
1: i it. that's one of them most- how you did it. That's one of the nights where you pray for the uh, the the running clock, which fortunately the Titans got that night. Uh, I think I think Colton ran in a touchdown with maybe like 10 seconds left in the first half, um, and the two point conversion made it 40 to nothing. And you don't like to cheer when you're doing uh, games like that that are neutral. Um, but when it's it's 38 to nothing with 10 seconds to go in the half, our entire crew is just, you know, fingers crossed that two-point conversion is going to be good so we can get to the running clock and warm, <laughs> and warm up and, and get out of there. But, yeah, that uh, we, we've had some – We've had some cold uh, cold days with, with Chiefs games, with, with high school football. Um, obviously, on the flip side of it, we, we I've had some days with, with Chiefs baseball sitting in press boxes without air conditioning when it's over 100 degrees in August in, uh, you know, Beloit, Wisconsin, or, or Clinton, Iowa, um, you know, some of the older stadiums that, that don't have the AC. So you've got you know, three or four fans on you. Uh, I usually, in those cases, I've got a Gatorade bottle that's just full of ice and you kind of just hold it on the back of your neck or up against your forehead or whatever during the game and, and do whatever you can to to get a little bit of a breeze going on some of those nights. So you get, you know, when when you work year-round in different sports, uh, you, you get all those extremes.
0: Yeah, boy, that's, that's absolutely correct. Well, I know that uh, with you being the voice of the Chiefs, this, uh, this COVID-19 has probably uh, put a kink into your daily routine. What, what's changed, obviously? I mean, everybody knows, but it kind of fill us in a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, we're, we're not at the ballpark, so that, that's uh, obviously a big difference. And, uh, you know, we, we've been working at home since March. So it, it's really driven us more to social media. Um, you know, we've been doing a lot of things community-wise on social media. We've been putting out a lot of our old highlights for people to watch, um, you know, going, going back you know, really throughout our history, whatever we've got highlights of or pictures of, you know, people, people seem to like the old pictures we dig out of Greg Maddox from 1985. Uh, we even found some video of him pitching for us. Um, you know, Mark Grace, Joe Girardi, you get, then you get to Albert Pujols in 2000 and Yachty. Um, you know, you get fresh-faced 18-year-old Yadi or Molina. Um, you know, and, as opposed to what we see now of, of him as a, as a veteran. So, um, you know, people, people really like that stuff that we've done. Uh, we've been, I've been writing some history blogs, um, you know, and, and we, did some, uh, we did some podcasts to catch up with, with some people and really just social media. We, we did a, a segment um, late March, early April where we had fans. Once the, the weather first started to get nice, uh, we, we told fans, hey, go out and play in your backyard um, with your kids and pitch to them. And, and then I would take that clip, and I'd do play-by-play of, you know, the, the five-year-old in the backyard hitting a home run. Or uh, you never know what you're going to get with little kids. Some of them would, would backflip. Uh, some of them would run to the wrong base. Uh, some of them would hit the ball and then go pick it up. Um, you know, so we, we had a little bit of fun with that. There was one where the kid smoked the ball and, and uh, hit his dad. Um, you know, right right back at, right back at him. Uh, there was one where a kid hit it and the dog went and picked up the ball and started uh, running away with it. So you know, we had some fun with some of those calls. Um, we had Busey Bank down here do sponsor baseball cards. So we put local heroes and uh, uh, you know first responders, um, frontline workers, essential workers on baseball cards to thank them for everything that they're doing out there in the community right now. Um, you know, while we're sitting at home, they're, they're the ones on the front lines working the grocery stores and, um, you know, being first responders and working in hospitals and uh, being teachers and, and all of that. So, you know, we wanted to find a way to thank them. So we've done that, but yeah, I mean, everything right now about our industry has changed. Everything about sports has changed. Um, you know, it'll be, I can't wait till we get to the other side of it. I, I told. One of the TV guys that was in here, uh, you know, right? what should have been our opening day was, you know, whenever it is that it happens that I get to call my next Chiefs game um, here in Peoria. And it's whether it's next week or next month or the 4th of July or, you know, September or hopefully not. But, you know, maybe it's not until April 2020. I just hope it's one big party. You know, we, we get... As many people into that ballpark that we can, and we all get back together and we celebrate what we have because I think, unfortunately, you know, we took a lot of things for granted, um, you know, whether it be you know you, you see the stuff now that's not happening that we all took for granted and, and now people aren't getting it you know we we all took for granted getting our senior pictures or our senior day or graduation ceremonies and prom and now those high school seniors that you deal with every day aren't getting that uh, you know or college seniors I graduated from college 20 years ago next week you know but now all the kids that are getting ready to graduate from all these schools aren't going to get to do you know what we did and 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 you know, going out to the beach and going into the park and, you know, go into a amusement park or go into a game. That's stuff that we all kind of just took for granted. And now that we can't do it, it sucks. So um, I think we're all itching for that next time we can do it and do it safely. Um, and I can't wait for the next time I'm behind the mic at Dozer Park and getting ready to interview somebody down on the field and, and thanking thousands of people for joining us at the ballpark and, and getting to call another game. And, and, and that's, You know, fingers crossed it comes soon. I I wish it was. I wish it was Monday when we're supposed to be back home from a road trip. We're supposed to be in Dayton, Ohio, right now. Um, You know, we're supposed to be back home Monday and starting a homestand. And unfortunately, we're not. So whenever that comes, man, I can't get here soon enough.
0: Yeah, that's. I don't know if you saw my Twitter post. I put on there. We went in there yesterday and cleaned out lockers, and I said, man, just take that place for granted. And uh, you just can't do that. Uh, You kind of spoke about that a little bit. You've had a lot of great players come through. Yoria and, and to be able to cover them and Hall of Famers and things like that. So what uh, what are some of your most memorable moments, uh, games, and players that you've broadcast?
1: Yeah, you know, um, even though I'm a Cardinals fan, I think my number one moment is still getting to broadcast at Wrigley Field in, in 2008. Uh, we did it again in 2010, but that 2008 game was special. It was the first minor league game ever at Wrigley. Ryan Sandberg was our manager. We had 32,000 people at a minor league baseball game at Wrigley Field. Uh, I got to do the pregame show down on the field. They didn't have a video board back then to put me on, but we still did the pregame show. Then I was up there in in, uh, Pat Hughes and, um, you know, at the time Ron Santos booth and, and the WGN booth and called the game from up there and, uh, Brandon Guyer, who went on to play in the majors, and Rebel Riddling hit back-to-back homers. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a totally different perspective when you're that high, um, you know, in, in a stadium as opposed to being, you know, where you, where you are at our place or most minor league places. So that was awesome. Just that whole experience was really cool. Um, I've got to call a few no-hitters. Uh, A couple combined no-hitters, a couple individual no-hitters. One on the 4th of July at a packed house in our place in 2011 by Austin Kirk was, uh, was phenomenal. Getting to do that. Uh, called some playoff clinchers, which have been great. We made the finals two years ago, unfortunately fell in four games to to Bowling Green, three to one in the finals. But that that run through was awesome. Um, You know, so those those are some of the big, big moments. Uh, We've hosted two All-Star games, which have been fun, and a ton of rehabs, you know, from – you know, with the Cardinals, we've had Carlos Martinez and Colton Wong and, and John Jay. And back when we were with the Cubs, we had Kerry Wood and, um, you know, Mark Pryor, both right in their heyday. Nomar Para who brought his wife Mia Hamm with him, which was awesome. Okay. Uh, you know, Carlos Zambrano, uh, Ramos Ramirez, you know, those, those guys. It was awesome to, to do that, be part of that. So that's, um, you know, that's kind of moments and moments games together um you know the players have been great you know we we've we've gone through a bunch of we, we've been blessed to have a bunch of awesome guys to come through here um you know, everybody thinks of the of the the Yadier Molina's and and the hobby biases, whether you're on the Cardinal side or the Cubs side. But you know, we also had Josh Donaldson. Uh, you know, before he was traded to Oakland, he was on the Cubs and he was a catcher with us. And later, an American League MVP. Uh, you know, we had Chris Archer before he got traded to the Rays uh, as well. He was he was awesome to be around, super nice guy. Um, you know, and then recently, some of these Cardinals now that are up. All came through here. Jack Flaherty, uh, what, what a fantastic 2019 he had. And uh, Tommy Edmond with that big run. Jordan Hicks throwing 105. He was, he was throwing like 98, 99 with us and then uh, hit 100 a couple times after the All-Star game. But now to see him doing that, uh, you know, Harrison Bader, Paul DeYoung, who played at Illinois State. You know, those guys have all been with us the last few years. And it's been awesome now to watch their success uh, you know, at the major league level, and having me doing it on a team that I root for anyway makes it uh, makes it double fun.
0: No doubt. Hey, uh, I've got asked this question on part of my uh, son, Michael. You know this; he's a big minor league fan, and Absolutely. you see him you see him a lot at those uh, are parks. So he wanted me to ask you about uh, the top prospects of the Cardinals, Dylan Carlson and Nolan Gorman. What do you think of those guys?
1: Yeah, they, you know, they're, they're both fantastic and this was going to be, 2020 was going to be a great year for Dylan Carlson. So hopefully that, you know, the, the baseball's ready to go and and he's ready to uh, to get it going because I, I think he was going to break through this year um, like we saw some of those guys I just mentioned do last year and the year before. So, you know, Dylan's, uh, you know, one of those rare talents. He was with us as an 18-year-old, uh, struggled at times, but you could tell that all the talent was there. He came back to us at the beginning of the next year as a 19-year-old and then just shot right through the system. And, and uh, for what he did last year at AA and, and, and AAA, it uh, w- w- was just fantastic. He's got power from both sides of the plate. He, he threw. I saw him throw out guys from the warning track uh, at third base. You know, what, what an arm. He's got a great arm. He can cover a lot of ground. He can play any of the outfield positions. Um, You know, he's got good speed. Um, great eye, He'll take, he's not afraid to take a walk, um, which, is, which is a lot different now than maybe you guys were 10 years ago, especially at the A-ball level where, you know, you had to hit to, to get out of here, which is what everybody's goal is to move up from A-ball to double A AA to triple A, and, all, and you, you didn't see a lot of guys willing to take the walk, and now that there's more of a, um, you know, a, a lot more on, on base percentage and OPS and all that, it, it, it matters more now than it did when I started. Uh, no doubt about that and and Dylan's not afraid to take a walk he'll get it you know he'll he'll do whatever it takes and but the power is awesome um you know the way he plays the outfield is great and no one's the same way man his power it's just the ball just jumps off his bat it's loud um you know it, it, it's great last year he did a, a really good job cutting down on his strikeouts um you know he he, he plays a, a good third base um i don't know what the what the position will be for him you know in, in the future that's always the thing guys move uh, but you know he can definitely play third base and um, you know there doesn't seem to be much blocking him there right now um, you know as far as the cardinal system goes so the, the thing people got to remember with, with Nolan is he's young he's going to turn 20 here uh, I, I think it's next week or the week after sometime in May so uh, you know still a teenager um, you know he's, he's got all the pressure in the world on his shoulders and that doesn't bother him so uh, both of them were great kids they were great interviews awesome with our fans, our media, uh, and I can't wait to watch what they're going to do uh, at their next levels once we're able to start playing baseball again.
0: Yeah, they uh, they seem to be uh, flying through the system. You know, they uh, a lot of Cardinal fans uh, were surprised that they didn't re-sign Ozuna, but I think the emergence of Carlson had a little bit to do with that, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it probably did. You know, you, you, there was a bunch of younger guys there too. You know, you you look at Tyler O'Neill and, and and you know the power he has and what he's able to do, and uh, you know you look at Thomas and you know they they had so many guys out there last year in the outfield that they were that they were. Uh, rolling through. So I I think that definitely played a big part in it, Um, you know, with with Carlson there, if he's ready to go. And I think everybody thinks that he is, um, you know, it's just a matter of time till he gets up there. And then you've got that position open for him. You you know, you, you don't always want to call a guy. So some guys you need to call up and let them, go slow and get acclimated and learn at the big league level. Uh, Dylan's baseball IQ is off the charts. I know that's cliche, um, but, you know, that, that he, he doesn't need to come up and sit um, and, and get acclimated to the major league level. He's going to come up and, and, and just do what he does and, and, and be really good.
0: Yeah, we're hoping, you know, we hope we see a little baseball and see what he's got to offer. That's, uh, that spring training stuff was cut short, obviously. We'd like to see that uh, come to fruition. Uh, any uh, unique stories here uh, that, either on the road or at home, and, and, and broadcasting in a Chiefs game that you'd like to share with us? You've had a lot of good comments, so maybe we've already hit that. But-
1: yeah, you know, we, we, we always get some, uh, some weird moments during the year. They, they always seem to come in bunches. You know, we had one year, 2015 was a year that just nothing, nothing went right at all for us uh, travel-wise. Um, I, I know, you know, you're on the road a lot. I know you know how it goes, but you know, you you get a game. Um we had a game in Cedar Rapids that was uh rained out. We sat we started the game. Then we had like a two hour rain delay. We sat there, we waited, we waited. They tried to get the mound ready, couldn't it start raining again? It was the end of the series, so we were heading home. So we finally got on the bus. We ordered some pizzas. Um, you know, we got on the bus, we got going. We were maybe like 10 minutes past Iowa City on I-80 coming home and the and the bus broke, um, you know, and this this was in May, so it was still a little, you know, a little, little chilly out, um, you know, so we're on the side of the road. Apparently, the guy who came to fix the bus went the wrong way on I-80 for like 20 minutes, um, so by the time he finally got to us, it was like, midnight and it took him like an hour to fix the bus and then we stopped at that world's largest truck stop there uh right outside Quad Cities but the only thing that was open was the Wendy's so there's you know 30 of us in line at Wendy's with one poor worker back there trying to take care of all of us starving um I think we finally got home at like four in the morning or something like that and then uh, two months later or a month later uh, our bus broke down again on the way to Burlington. We were we were right there at at Monmouth, where there's that little uh, I, I guess it's some kind of like dirt racetrack or something. So we all got off the bus because it was about 100 degrees. They had to send another bus to us, and the game was supposed to start in Burlington at two o'clock, and uh, we didn't show up in time. And so they you know they made they had a big crowd, so they made the announcement that you know hey. Peoria got stuck on the side of the road. We're going to wait for him to get here, then we'll start the game. So we got there. We started the game. They they made all their fans wait for an hour. Everybody was miserable. They started the game, and we scored, like, eight runs in the top of the first or second inning. We beat them, like, 14 to three. And it, so it was just one of those days where, like, absolutely nothing went right until the game started. And then we just were – I guess everybody just took their frustrations out on the, on the ball from being on the side of the road. But, you know, it's just – just one of those things. When you travel as much as we do, you're going to get those kinds of uh, of situations with a with a broken down bus, or uh, you know, different things that are going to happen. Uh, you know, I've I've been on a bus that got stuck in a cornfield once. You know, with, with uh, you know trying to turn around, um, and that was in Michigan. So you know, things things happen, and it's just part of uh, you know part of minor league baseball. You get the places and you're locked out. You know, the sometimes you get to the ballpark before. Uh, maybe the the workers do and so you know you're you're in some different city and you're trying to call you know either I'm trying to call the other radio guy or the general manager or our trainer is calling trying to call the other trainer because we're outside the clubhouse and the door's locked and we can't get in you know stuff like that It, it you know you, you you get some fun crazy stuff it annoys you in the moment um, but you know it, it ends up not being that big of a deal and now I wish I was locked outside of uh, some ballpark on the road because I, I take that I I I'd, I'd go sit through a rain delay, you know, right now, all, all the things that we hate doing, whether it's pulling tarp or, uh, you know, unloading a, a big truck of 5,000 bobbleheads, I would do all that in a heartbeat right now because it, it, beats, it beats what we're doing.
0: Yeah, there's no question on that. I, No doubt about it. You, uh, you've broadcast not only for the Chiefs. You've done uh, IHSA State soccer. I mean, I could go on and on. I don't yeah. think we have enough time, but, you know, <laughs> When we first got together, I mean, uh, it was when I was coaching basketball, still am at Weathersfield, but you were uh, broadcasting some of our games. And then, you know, through the uh, – I know that my assistant, Tyler Litton, you had him and, and watched him come through, and stuff like that. So, uh, in doing all levels and things, what uh, – I hate to put you on the spot because we've had some good teams, but – what's uh, what's been a memorable geese game for you uh memorable player and, and that you kind of that stands out cuz i mean it's been since i think 2005 or 6 that you've been doing and high school so
1: i've had a what bunch i have had a bunch i I've, I've been very fortunate with you guys to call uh, you know some regional regional titles on the, the boys and girls side and a uh, couple sectional games i i had the volleyball team down at redbird arena on on ihsa network um you know in the semifinal and then the third place game uh you know with with coach vincent who who was awesome to me and um you know you're you're, you i guess you and her are the mainstays because on the other the other sports there's been a couple of coaches on there um but uh you know it's been great there's been so many good moments um you know i i think that for me um the teams that you had there with, with with trevor lay um, you know, those are the teams that kind of jump out to me in my memory because that, that was kind of the first times that I was really using Twitter um, and, and SoundCloud to kind of promote my own thing. And so when I was able to take those guys, um, you know, and, and, and kind of see what it would do when I would, I would tag them in tweets, they'd all come up to me after games, you know, and, and, and talk to them on, on your guys' side uh, you know, with, with him, with Matt Jenkins, with, with Tyler, um, you know, with those guys that were, that were doing stuff. And then, you know, on the girl side with, with your daughter, with Sarah Hanson, um, I know coach Hansen was always, was always tweeting to me and, and saying, you know, he would, he would record some of the games on tape and uh, had them. I know there was a couple of games where, where she lit it up and uh you know, which was great, and then you know, and then on the on the on the other side too. I mean, I I have been able to call some games with some really good players. I, I did Rock Island games for a couple of years. Um, you know, with with uh, with Hall who. Went on to, to play at Montana State and and and, and in the G League, uh, you know, and to have some of the games with him at, at Rock Island were awesome. Um, I, like I said, I started with Geneseo, um, you know, so we, we had Tyler Storm come through there uh, the first time that the coach Storm was there, um, you know, and, and now the second time to have games with Isaiah Rivera, who's headed off to Colorado State, uh, games with uh, with the Boilermakers with Donovan Oliver, um, you know, and and, and with, with with the players that they had there and. Uh, you know get to get to do some of those and um, yeah you know it's just it's been awesome you know the the soccer's been good and um, you know some football football state title games basketball state title games with Morton on the girls side and Geneva on the girls side hitting a game winner to win a state championship was was awesome uh, to do that but yeah I, I think with with the geese, you know, it's just been – being in that gym's awesome. I love the spot up top uh, where we get to sit for radio. Usually with TV, we're, we're down, uh, you know, a little bit lower and, and doing that stuff at the side tables. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's just been awesome to kind of watch it and, and to see how people grow and they come back and, and they start coaching for you and working for you. And you see some guys that, that come back through, which, which is great. But, yeah, I think I had a game – in Henry with Lay, where he scored like forty-two, um, you know something like that. I know I, I looked it up earlier. The I had a girls' game where where Shelby Steger scored thirty-nine, um, had uh, another game where where Lay scored thirty-seven and hit a game winner. I was trying to find the audio clip of that and I couldn't find it. So it must be on a on an older hard drive because this uh, this laptop's from twenty sixteen. So it must <laughs> be. on on an older uh, older hard drive somewhere he had a game winner at your guys' this place that I know was uh, was a fun call. so uh, but yeah, you know and and for me really talking to the coaches has been that's what I, I love the most, you know with, with yourself, um, you know when I was with Geneseo all the times, with with Coach Storm uh you know on on the boys side and, and Coach Brooker when, when uh when Coach Storm was gone for a few years and then uh with Coach Brooker on the girls side and Coach Hardison on the girls side. You know, they they've been great to me and getting to do them. And uh, uh, you know the Rock Island coaches uh, both on the on the boys and girls side. Uh the, the couple years I was with them were, were always great to me. Um, you know, all the girls coaches you guys have had. I think there've been three or four of them that I've worked with uh you know down there at um, at Weatherfield and at, at Kiwani, it was it was the boys' side. Um, but every coach I've had has been awesome. You know, they, I, I know it's a little different at the high school level um, because you tend to appreciate the coverage uh, more so and are more willing to do post-game interviews and give information pre-game. Um, you know, and, and that's the big thing for me is just talking to you guys and getting whatever stats I can get or information about the players and then you guys know it's all going to be used in a, a good and positive way to promote the kids um, and, and to promote promote the sport and, and for me that's what it's about whether it's on radio or TV uh, or, or internet broadcast uh, that's what it's about for me is promoting the kids promoting the sport and uh, and letting the people who can't make it there in person follow from home wherever they are you know I know that there were some of those games we were doing I was hearing from people that were uh, living in Arizona or Florida or California or whatever that uh, were from Kiwani or Geneseo or Rock Island that were following along and, and I think that's awesome to be able to do because 10, 15 years ago, you couldn't do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that, uh, some of those, uh, some of those games, I mean, you're just uh, tripping my memory, and, and it's, you know, it's kind of putting a smile on my face. It's, uh, those were fun games to uh, coach, and, and we would always uh, check our stats with yours after the game. We'd look on Twitter and see what everybody had for stats, and we'd check our stat guys and see how accurate they were, and,
1: it, it was also fun to see when you would lose your voice. Like, what, what part of the game were, were you going to lose your voice? And, uh, you know, when you came up to do the post game interview, uh, how are how you going to sound? So that was uh, Coach Hardison was the same way with the, with the Geneseo girls. You guys were the two that it was like, all right, you know, oh, this is a back to back game. Yeah, he's not going to have any voice at all by the time he gets up here. You know, the
0: great part of having, like, Kyle Dennison and Tyler coaching with me because they both played for me during that era. And so, yeah, I, I've turned over a lot of stuff. I was – you know, I'm really tight to the vest with my stuff. And those guys playing for me, I've kind of uh, let them take over a little bit at times. And so, so I go to a post-game inter- interview now, and they're like, hey, your your voice is still there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing – you know, I'm, I'm getting older. I can't do that all like I used to. So. Uh, I've been on those and uh, uh, talking to college coaches and they say the same thing. So um, I was excited to hear that. So, um, you know, you do a great job of interviewing people. You've interviewed a lot of pros and high school coaches and players and stuff. So uh, a little selfishly, I'd like for you to ask me a question. So we're going to flip the script. And uh, before we get out of here and uh, I'm going to have you ask me a toss up question. I this hasn't been rehearsed, so no. if I stammer and stutter. Don't make me look too bad, Nathan.
1: No, so I, so I got a good question for you that, that kind of revolves into what we were just talking about and, and everything we're going through right now. So, you, you know, you, you've been doing this a long time. What do you do to keep it fresh, uh, to keep yourself motivated, uh, and and to, and to make sure that you keep learning, I know from following you on every social media um, that you've been taking part in some of these videos with colleges. I, I saw Coach Underwood on one, and uh, maybe Coach Self or a few other people on, on some of these calls you're on. So w- what are you what are you doing? Um, not just this year in the COVID, but even the last couple of years to to keep learning. Um, and and to keep yourself motivated so you can continue to coach at the level that you've coached at and and, uh, to have success?
0: Well, I'll tell you, the biggest thing is basketball is a humbling sport. You know, any sport is. Once you think that you have it figured out, it comes up and bites you in the tail. And that's what, you know, if I could say anything to younger coaches, it's the, the clinics and the things, you know, I drove out to Kansas City, Missouri, two years ago to see Gray Giovanni speak, you know, and, which is right in our backyard. But, uh, you know, things like that, you know, live speakers and this, with this COVID thing, I've been doing a lot of online. uh, We kind of started our own thing and then the IBCA kind of took over with, uh, you know, and having a coach's round table and then Nike, you know, they had all their spring and fall clinics. Well, you can't do that. So now they're doing virtually today. You know, they had Bill Self on this morning and last week they had coach Underwood and all that stuff. So they, Having them right in your living room and being able to do that is, you know, and and I saw a tweet too that I think is very important. I think Twitter is a great tool for coaches. There's a lot of good things on there um, that said don't reinvent your whole, pro- whole program, especially if you've had success. You're just trying to find a little bit here, a little bit there, and uh, that can help you win. And that's what I've got a note here on my desk. It says – go through your clinic notes and how's how's that going to help the geese in in 2021 you know and that's basically it you know you're not reinventing the wheel and uh you know we got a fast team we've always played fast and so we're not going to reinvent the wheel like well except for oh five when we were six five six five and six (laughs) four so we didn't do a whole lot of running there that was like 16 passes get the ball down low and don't shoot many threes which isn't really uh what we like to do but you know I've been fortunate as you well know to have some really good guards over the years and yeah. you know, we try to play to their uh play to their strength you know so uh, even my 6'9 guy that's at Augie Jake Schrebrock he could uh he could hit the 3-2 as well so
1: yeah, Very he, proud he, of all those guys. Yeah, you, guys grow, I, you, you, grow these, you grow these scoring point guards on, uh, on trees up there to, to go from, uh, um, you know, the, the way that they've gone through and then to, to get Colton to come up next with them. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play again. Got to see him a couple times this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're, we're ready to hit the football field here in uh, a little bit and get things rolling there. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I think our kids actually, uh, some of them are working harder now than they would if school would be in session because they, right. you know, they, they understand they're not taking everything for granted. And, and it's uh it's a good group of kids, you know, Weathersfield I've been there a long time. It's a special place and the kids know what it takes to be successful and things like that. So we're, uh, you know, I obviously very lucky in that aspect. Um, I really appreciate you being on with us, buddy. It's uh, it's been great. And it was great to talk to you and catch up and, uh, I hope you stay safe. I know you're probably the walls are coming in on you and you're like me. You know, you want to be out and doing things. But, uh, you know, you do a great job with the Chiefs. And we look forward to getting back to uh, Dozer Park and celebrating when that thing opens up. And we don't care when it is. Uh, You know, we, we go to a lot of games. We'll be there.
1: Yeah, I cannot wait to uh, to get back into action and, and get that all covered. Great seeing you. Give all my best to the family, and uh, I love running into you guys wherever it happens to be. And I know I see see Michael up there at Quad Cities or wherever. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, Burlington following the Chiefs around, which is great. So, um, but but uh, you know, your whole family they they've always been uh, been super nice to me, and always great to see them at, at events and games. So give my best to them, and uh, and all the Geese family too, because everybody up there has always always gone out of their way to to. Uh, be very nice to me and, uh, and and interact with me when I see them at places and uh, and I'm sure missing that right now so uh, tell everybody up there I said I
0: I will and I know our community really appreciates all you do for us and uh, and uh, I wanted to thank you for that so uh, it's been great talking to Nathan Beliva the voice of the Chiefs uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this uh, episode of Beyond the Baseline with Coach P as much as I have and we look forward to our next broadcast So long for now.